Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Hey, welcome to episode number 65 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Sam with Fowler Consulting. And I am Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. We are coming to you from beautiful Salt Lake City. As I look outside the window of my hotel, I see just amazingly beautiful snow-capped mountains. And the crazy thing about Salt Lake City is you can look in any direction and see beautiful snow-capped mountains. It's why they say you're in the valley. Because, well, you're in the valley. On today's episode, you have been working with the guys here in Salt Lake City because we had some opportunities for improvement when it comes to inventory management, food ordering, maintaining uh, a reasonable amount of inventory in the store. So, uh, you know, I think we should do a little talk training around that. What do you think? That totally works for me, Sam. Hit it, Tom. So, Drew, you've been going around to the stores and you've been cleaning up their inventory. Uh, there's a chance that we may never, ever run out of pineapple here in Salt Lake City. Maybe that has something to do with the whole islands to Salt Lake vibe. I think in in, in one of the stores, I saw nine cases of pineapple. and <laughs> It's almost as good as the uh, 10 cases of pasta pins I saw in one store. Yeah. And, you know, as you're listening to this and you hear these exorbitant numbers for things that we don't go through super fast, you may think, well, my God, these guys don't know how to order. But like we've told you on just about any episode where we're talking about leading, you've got to find the root cause of the problem. And it turns out that the root cause of this particular opportunity for improvement had nothing to do with how they were ordering. It had to do with how Pulse was set up and some changes that we've been making. So Drew, why don't you jump in there and and tell us what you found and what you're seeing and, and more importantly, what we're doing about it. This is like a two-parter, right? Because there's the first part where we're trying to just get them to make better product. And as I'm in there trying to help them make some better product, uh, we can talk about that in a couple of minutes. Um, the amount of expired things, the amount of excessive things, the amount of their, or the uh, inability to count food because of how much they had started to rear its head. So we talked about going through and clearing up the inventory. So I developed this uh, quick little class and I'm okay sharing it here if you are, Sam. Heck yeah. Fabulous. We were doing this in tiers. So your participant could be your store team right now. Uh, if you're a supervisor listening, do it yourself and then teach your team. I would like to do it. So here's the way the class works. Uh, three or four people take the uh, printed out count sheet if they're not all on the app, the app would work so much better for what you're about to do later. So you take the uh, printed out count sheets, separate them out so everybody's counting some sections of the store, and you send them on their way to get an accurate food count at this moment. Now, what that means is that anything that's opened gets weighed. And if you don't know how to weigh the stuff in the bins, it's really simple. Take an empty bin, tear it, and now... You can just throw bins on there and, and you've got the weight already because you've eliminated the bin. So you go through and weigh or count all your product. 
the idea here is twofold. One, you need an accurate inventory count. And the amount of times we do something silly, and most of the time it's fat triggering, right? I actually saw a store uh, two days ago, Sam, that had 99 cases of mango habanero dip cups in their inventory. That seems like a lot. They don't actually have that in the store. They just fat fingered it. That's fine, but we need a real count if we're going to do some real change later. So let's talk about something simple that anybody can do right now without having to jump into Pulse, without having to do anything. I mean, obviously we're doing inventories at the end of long days. And right now we're in the middle of extremely long days because of the national promotion that's going on. Would you think that it would be a good idea if you're the closing manager and you've done an inventory to look at the excessive variance report before you do end of day? Being that if you're on the app or if you're in Pulse, it pops up. Yes. Yes, you should. It would probably fix three quarters of the problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, you're all busy. Let's let's not pull any punches there. You're all working more hours than you probably want to, than you probably should. If you take that extra, gosh, let's really exaggerate it, that extra five minutes and you look at that excessive variance report, you could save yourself from an excessive electronic food order because you fat fingered something. But that's the key here, right? That it's crap in, crap out. Yeah. And and if I can't count food right, I'm not going to order food correctly. I'm not going to have product I need or product in the right use window. Counting accurately is is the root of a lot of these evils that we see in the stores. And, you know, we all talk about, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that because I'm firefighting. I'm firefighting. I'm firefighting. The excessive variance report is a really good fire prevention measure. And so if you take that extra two or three minutes and you make sure your inventory is right, you could save yourself four hours, five or six days from now, trying to track down something or trying to offload something that you overordered, such as 90 cases of hip cups. So they count the food. While they're counting the food, what I do is I go and pull the consolidated inventory summary and I'm looking at the whole week last week. Now, most of you probably have it sorted in your system for cost versus ideal. I sort it by name in this point because what I want to do is get everybody on the same page for how much of a something we actually use in a week. Because what we believe we use and what we ideally use are vastly different numbers. And Sam, to your point, pineapple is an amazing one where one, we're overusing it. Two, we actually have no idea how much we're actually using. I, I've had people tell me that they go through two cases a week. And when I pull the ideal usage, it's two bags. And for those of you that are unaware, there's six bags in a case. So we're off by a multiple of six, right? So I'm ordering two cases a week because I need to have enough. And I'm literally now at a six month supply of pineapple in my store. So, you know, as we talk about this, and you and I were talking about this the other night. The other thing that this is going to do for you, it's going to make your job easier because now you don't have to count those six cases of pineapple five weeks in a row. The more you have to count, the longer inventory takes. So if you've got enough to service your customers, but not so much that you have to count the same thing week after week after week, you make your job easier. And there's less chance for mistakes because you're not carrying that same box of something every time for four months. It's just absolutely insane. Plus, your point with the excessive variance piece, and we'll talk about the overordering in a second. 
I'm adding seconds for everything I add in my inventory that I have to keep counting and I'm creating more work for me by having a larger inventory. Now, that's at the GM level. If we want to talk at the franchise level, we're tying up, gosh, Sam, in this 17 store market, it's got to be close to 60 to 80 grand of inventory. That cash flow that we could be doing other things with that that is just sitting on a shelf for months. So when we talk about other things, and I think this is really important, if you're not the franchisee, if you're not the COD, if you're not a supervisor, cash flow in this business is so important with EBITDA margins, you know, in the eight to 15% range, the franchisees have got to maintain cash flow. If you want silly things to happen, like payroll, if you want those checks to clear, we've got to make sure that we're creating cash flow in this business and hanging on to eight extra cases of pineapple per week in all of your stores is really dampering that cash flow. And we've got to understand that as general managers, as shift managers, we should be running this business as if we owned it. And would you want to have all that money tied up in that inventory if you weren't going to use it for the next four to five weeks? Hopefully the answer is no. So let me let me t- take something other than pineapple, parchment paper. So parchment paper is actually rather expensive. At, uh, I think it's like $52 a case. It is. You're going to go through a case a week. Okay, cool. So you're going to spend 200 bucks, which is a lot, but I'm just going to make the math easy for me in this example. You're going to go through $200 of, of parchment a month. Fabulous. But you're holding nine cases of it. Right. So you need one. You the other eight is four hundred dollars just sitting there in the inventory. Doesn't sound yeah. like much. Right. Yeah. But, but if, if half the stores are doing it all of a sudden, well, half the stores in this case being nine of them. Right. I'm sitting on nearly four thousand dollars of unused product, which for some of you is entire truck delivery, maybe two. Like the numbers get really big, really fast. And that's. That's cash that they've got to pay out. The franchisees have to pay out the supply chain. They've got to pay for the product you ordered and they can't do anything else with it. And now it's just sitting there. It's not collecting interest. It's not getting uniforms on your team members. It's not paying for a cleaning crew if they wanted to do that. Like, like there's so much other things this could do. And instead it is just sitting on your shelf. And, and here's the other thing that, you know, you say it's just sitting on your shelf. Well, there's eight cases sitting on your shelf. And now when that food delivery comes and you're trying to figure out where to put it all, you're trying to put too much stuff away because you've ordered too much stuff. And as your sales continue to increase and the square footage of your store does not, it gets harder and harder to put these food orders away and keep your stores clean and clutter free and easy to do inventory so you've got two boxes of parchment here and two boxes of parchment there and two boxes of parchment there. And now all of a sudden, because the parchment is in four different spots, you're counting it wrong. And then we get into this thing called margins and. Oh, I'm getting there. Yeah. And now, and now we order two more cases and it's just crazy. And then just one more little tangent point. And then I want to get you back on point because your stuff is more important than what I'm going to say. But when we're talking about managing inventory, don't manage it so gosh darn tight that you run out of parchment paper or that you run out of cornmeal. There's got to be that sweet spot where I've always got a bag of cornmeal ready so I can clean and sanitize my cornmeal bin, but there's always some there. 
but I'm not running it so gosh darn tight that I run out and now I can't make pizzas or I'm not splitting 12 by 12 parchment paper in half to put a piece, eight piece wing on a half sheet of parchment paper. Which by the way, it's terrible. I had, I saw a store doing like, what are you doing? Right. What are you doing? So they're like, we're, we're, we're saving money. And I think to myself, you drop one wing one time and you've lost all your savings. Cook your stuff on a full sheet of parchment, please. Um, it may say that in the standards just for kicks. Wow. You, you, that was a nice self edit there, Sam. You that like was, that? Yeah. Yeah. That's all where that was going. That's the um, new spelling of kicks. S H K I C K S. I kicks. like it. Kicks. Back to the class real quick. So three, four people are going and counting inventory. So it's accurate. I'm pulling consolidated inventory for the previous week so that we can see what the ideal usage is for each product for a week. I don't care about the actual at this moment. I care about the ideal because once they're done, so we're going to play checks and balances. And what we're doing is we're, we're looking at the one week ideal and anything on our inventory that we have a week of, we, we put a check mark next to it. Anything we have more than two weeks of, we put a star next to it. And then anything we have more than one month of, so four times used, we put a frowny face. A frowny face. Okay. Yes, because... Because the check mark, if I've got a week's worth of stuff, it's a, to your point, Sam, it's, I'm like right on the edge of excessive. I'm just close. Ideally, in my head, if I'm a three-time delivery store, I probably want to have two deliveries worth of product in my store. I'm never going to run out. And more likely than not, it's not going to expire. And if I have a big sales bump, i got enough to get through to the next truck. If I'm here in Salt Lake and there's a massive snowstorm between me and my supply chain center, and I don't get a truck, I still have food. So the two deliveries is kind of the, the window for me for what you should have. So if you're at a week, fine, no worries. And if you're at two weeks, okay, let's cut some back. And if you're at a month, holy crap, if you're counting food every night, let's say you're doing a full count just for your, your truck nights, right? So three times a week, you're, you're counting this product nine, 10, 11 times before you get to use it. That's insane. So we go through this exercise so that we can determine what we actually have too much of in the store. Then we get into the EFO, the electronic food order and margins. The way the margin works is twofold. One, whatever the number is. So let's take pineapple because we've been picking on pineapple. Corporate set the pineapple margin to two. So what that means is that once you get to 1.9 in your store or the computer believes that over this next week, you'll get under 1.9 in inventory, it tells you to order more but not just order more, order what the margin is. So if I have a margin of two, the second I hit 1.9, I'm ordering two. I'm learning about margins for the first time. You've got just a wealth of experience dealing with Pulse with your interactions that you had at the World Resource Center. That was something I never really dipped my toes into. So here's my question, because as I'm thinking through these margins things, and I know I'm going to say something that's not the way it works based on what we've talked about over this last week. But intuitively, I would think that if my margin was set to two, that would mean that I want two. So if I get below two, EFO would do the math and get me above two, not order two. That just seems odd to me that it just orders two more to get me to four. I was in the meetings for this and I didn't think it was set up that way. And that's exactly the way it's working. And I, I, I did it with dough and we, we changed the margin from 
like seven or eight to like 60 just for fun. And it changed the order from 18 to 68. I think the takeaway from episode number 65 is that if you want to better manage your food to within whatever your company's goal is for variance, it starts with proper counting. It's going to continue with you checking your excessive variance on those nights that you do counting so that if you happen to fat finger something, you will notice it and you'll have an opportunity to change it before end of day is done. Whoever is your tech guru in your company should check these margins and make sure that EFO is not setting you up for massive amounts of inventory that are going to take more of your most precious resource, which is your time, because the more there is to count, the more time it will take. What else am I missing from the recap? So there's there's two parts I haven't gotten to yet. When you're counting food, organize your count sheet so that it's as simple and easy as possible. Backroom isn't good enough. Shelf one, shelf two, top to bottom, bottom to top, whatever works for you. But organize your count sheet so that there's no more than eight or 10 items in a section. If you got a reach-in cooler, count you could break it down for left side, right side, like make it as easy and simple as possible. And here's the reason why you ready. It's going to blow your mind. Most of the GMs and AMs here were counting food after close because they didn't want to count something. And then it changed. Correct. So, so instead of letting the business run you, you run your business. If you know your numbers, you can 100% stock your front production area and count your back room and probably your walk-in minus dough at three or four o'clock in the afternoon. You can count your make line cabinet and your cut table two hours-ish before close when you start to clean them out because you start to uh, load up your rail. And then you can count your rail if you're doing carryover. You can count your rail when you, when you switch over to the carryover bins. And all of a sudden, I have counted all of my inventory before close. And oh, I'm sorry, and in like five or 10-minute increments instead of trying to count food for like an hour. I love what you just said with count locations. And for those of you that don't have access to change your count locations. Let me tell you a story about a 19 year old manager before there was points of sale systems and there were simply clipboards, paper, and pens. We had count locations then too. I would on a Sunday night when we were doing a full inventory, which was many less items than you have to count now, I would make sure that the front of the store was completely stocked for any business we were going to do. And then I would count everything else in the store at 9 p.m. So that when we closed, the only thing I had to count was the box table, was the rail. The walk-in cooler was already counted. The stuff in the back was already counted. And that allowed me, it allowed me two things, one of which I was far more worried about than the other. Number one, it allowed me to get my closers out of there early, which allowed me to run lower labor, which was what I was all about when I was a store manager. But the other thing looking back on it is it allowed me to get out earlier and go do whatever I was going to do. I was less worried about that than, than I am now, but both of those things are good. I mean, whichever one is going to drive you don't get hung up on the fact that there are count locations in pulse and they're set up wrong. So I can't use them. Just set up your own gosh, darn count locations on a piece of paper, organize your store, and count it systematically and start earlier so that you can get done. I mean, if you've got three cases of marinara cups, you're not going to go through a full case in a day. 
put on your count sheet, two of them plus whatever's left at the end of the night. And then you just have to count that one. And you're probably saying to yourself, Sam, it takes me two seconds to count two cases of marinara cups that are closed. Yeah, but there's eight different dip cups. There's Coke, there's Diet Coke, there's 47 flavors. All of these two second things add up. This just in, Tom Monahan may have said it 65 years ago. This is a seconds and cents business. We've got to save the seconds and cents so they add up to minutes and dollars. 100%. For those of you that do not have access to adjust your count sheet, do not fret. Do not worry. Someone in your organization does, and you are not allowed to go to them and tell them you need your count sheet organized until you have written your inventory down that you're not having everything all over the place because your store is unorganized. So organize your store, reduce your inventory to a week-ish, and then go to your supervisor, your DCO, your franchise, and say, okay, now it's time for me to change my count sheet. I love what you just said there. You know, we're, we're out here with Mike and, and Mike's, Mike's big thing are these mutually beneficial relationships. I truly believe that whoever you work for is in charge of providing you with the tools and resources you need to do the job. To make that relationship mutually beneficial, once they provide them to you, it's your job to run your four walls. I think that as operators, we have to get our four walls completely under control before we start asking for more resources. So to Drew's point, get your store organized, get everything where you want it, and then ask for the change. We're so concerned these days about you give me more money and then I'll do the job instead of I'll do the job and then you give me more money or you give me the tools to count inventory and then I'll organize my store. No, organize your store first. Prove to the people that you work for, prove to the people that have put you in charge of a million dollar business that you're worthy of more resources, that you're doing everything you can with what you have, where you're at, at this time, that you're worthy of them investing more in you and your success and making your job easier. We've got to do our part as operators to make sure that the owners want to do their part. 100%. And, and folks, don't be afraid to label things. It is perfectly okay to mark that this is where parchment paper goes. To If you've got a reach-in cooler, to put a little sticker on the outside that says, you know, top shelf, middle shelf, bottom shelf, and lift what's in the cabinet so the people don't have to go and open six cabinets looking for something. If I'm a store running volume, I've got me, two, three other AMs. I've got three, four CSRs. I've got 10, 12 drivers. No one's going to memorize where everything is at in the store other than me. Make their lives easier because seconds count. It's just crazy. I feel like we're in episode 60, whatever it was, and we were hunting wabbits because I'm looking at wabbit holes now like crazy. You know, you say label stuff. I'm a big proponent of filling my Coke cooler at close so that the product's cold the next morning, the cooler runs less, I save a couple of pennies on energy. But as we're talking about inventory, if my Coke cooler is full, I could label. There's 16 Cokes, 16 Diet Cokes, and I wouldn't even have to count it. I'd just look at it and say, it's full, so I know what these numbers are. So the time I would have spent counting, I could spend stocking, and now I've killed two birds with one stone and given my customers a better experience. Oh, my goodness gracious. Depending on the size of your co-cooler, there's a couple like 
giant double door ones here, right? Where where you could probably load up like a week's worth of soda in here and be done. And if you got a co cooler like that, Sam, to your point, okay, I've labeled all the dry stock, but now how much is it full? It's it's sixty two full. Cool. I'm missing four. I don't need to count fifty eight. I just need to do minus four, right? If I know what full is, I can count how many I'm missing, and I can I can do these little cheat things to make my life a little easier. But that's like inventory 103. Like first thing first, organize your store, clean it up so that that stuff makes sense. Oh, and by the way, when you're organizing it, please, please, please put the heavy stuff in the bottom and the light stuff on the top. Only thing I would say is if you want to have great product and you're not counting your inventory, then you do not have great product. If we're keeping stuff, heaven forbid, beyond the shelf life, you know, as my dad used to say, it's really hard to make chicken salad out of chicken stuff. Kicks. You know, earlier in the episode, you talked about using the inventory app. As we look on Facebook, we see occasionally some posts about how the app doesn't work. The app doesn't work. As we travel around the stores, we hear about how Pulse sucks and it doesn't work. I've had the opportunity to work with some other folks that have different points of sale system. And I'm here to tell you that Pulse is really good. And when you say, Sam, you're not in my store, you haven't been there when it crashed. I will tell you that we're recording this episode right now. I am using a pretty high-tech microphone. I'm on a Dell computer right in Microsoft Windows, and I had to restart my Dell computer this morning before it started. Now, we claim to be a tech company. Dell is a tech company, and I have to restart that computer occasionally. This is how technology works, gang. Is it going to be perfect? Not ever. So if it's working most of the time, I mean, the drive wrap is a great example. I've been using the drive wrap now for five weeks as I'm delivering here in Utah. I don't live in Utah. I have not not made it to, a, to an address yet. And did it glitch once or twice? Yep. But you just work through it. You restart the phone. You restart the app. You do what you got to do. It's working 90 to 95% of the time. And if you're fixated, on the 1%, 5% of the time that it doesn't work, then you're missing the boat and you're giving yourself undue stress. It's, you know, like we talk about in customer service all the time, do not create policies and process around the two people out of a thousand that are trying to steal from you. Just get on with your day and move on. Pulse is going to glitch. The driver app is going to glitch. The inventory app is going to glitch. But for the most part, is it making your life easier? I'd be in the yes camp 100%. I agree. And I would actually take it one step further. It Nothing glitches 5% of the time. It's just that because it works so well when it does glitch, it sticks out. And 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 it makes us mad because, and, and I say it too, right? Like technology is great till it doesn't work. The inventory app is amazing. And if you haven't used the prep forecast button on the bottom of it, oh my God, what are you not doing? Use the tools available when it crashes. Oh, well, there's always a backup. There's always paper. And if the whole thing crashes, then the whole thing crashes. Control what you can control, I guess, is the best way I can put it. And you can control your emotions when something goes wrong. And and if you're going to freak out and get mad because something you can't control is happening, that's on you. And if you're going to be like, cool, this isn't working, so let's go to plan B, then that's on you too. Cool plan B is the way to go. I'll leave you with this, listeners. If you were on your way to work today in your car and it had a flat tire, would you never drive your car again because it had a flat tire? I'm going to leave it on the side of the road. This thing is useless. I will never drive it again. It, exactly. And that's what 
some of us have done with the inventory app or the driver app. It had a bad day or it had one bad order and we say, no, this thing never works. And it's just not the case, gang. Suck it up, Buttercup. It worked for most of the time. Adapt, overcome, suck it up and deal. That's it right there. Let's get out of here, Sam. Uh, I love it. All right. This has been episode number 65 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Sam with Fowser Consulting. I seem to be Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. As always, like these, follow us, uh, post a picture on the Facebook that you followed us and you'll get a hat pin. Had a just a marvelous post last night. Somebody posted the picture of the pins we sent them and the little note I sent them. That was awesome. Love to see that. And um, just a heartfelt thank you to all of the listeners. It seems like we've had some momentum over the last four or five weeks and people are reaching out to both Drew and I and telling us that they're really enjoying this. And I will tell you that for me, that's what makes me want to record more and more episodes because gang, there's no money in this for us. It, it's costing us money to put these out and, and not a lot. I'm not, I'm not here trying to do a GoFundMe or anything. I just want to let you know that when you let us know that you're enjoying these and they're helping you, it, it makes both of us want to do more of these episodes. So along those lines, if you're listening and you're like, you know, I've always wanted to learn more about something, just reach out and tell us. And, and if, if we have any knowledge on it, we'll throw something in a podcast. Yeah. These podcasts are for you. Hey, as always go out and sell more pizza. And have more fun. That's all, folks.